Welcome to Hood Flourish. This is a raw podcast, meaning there is no filter on anything. The questions that are being asked and the stories that are being told are raw, true, and uncut. The purpose of Hood Flourish isn't to offend anybody, but it is to help somebody. So no, there will be no apologies issue for anything that I or my guest says on my podcast. Today on Hood Flourish, I will be interviewing someone who changed his mindset for the better because he desired to create a legacy for his son as well as himself. After striving for better, doing better, and even offering more positive opportunities for the young men and women in his very own community, a tragic loss almost took him back to a place he left far behind. Today, we welcome Mr. B.J. Peterson, owner of FES Hauling, Ray Ray and King Daddy, to Hood Flourish. B.J., can you tell me about you as being Benjamin? Mmm, that how I mean, Benjamin is... The adult me wasn't the child me, just the adult me. It wasn't the child me because I disliked the name as a child. But it's the adult me because I grew in it. I grew into the name. So that's pretty much it. And the adult me is just, like you say, an entrepreneur. Not the greatest, but <laughs> an entrepreneur, father, son. You know. So tell me, what was your upbringing like? Um, single mom, two sisters. I'm a middle child. Ironic. Shout out to J. Cole. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a middle child. Uh, grew up around all girls. I had nothing but uh, female cousins, immediate cousins. I was the only boy for maybe... 14 years. Well, not with one of my cousins, my male cousin, he'd been locked up since since I was eight. Yeah, so from eight until 14, I was the only boy. Um, Grew up out Walker Village, Newport News, number streets, train tracks on back, get your head cracked on that. Grew up in that area. <laughs> Mm, pretty much typical for a kid growing up in what some would say below the poverty line. You know, lack of lack of amenities like shoes, a lot of shoes, a lot of clothes. I say a lot, quote unquote. I had shoes, I had clothes, mm-hmm. just not the ones I wanted. Um, cable. <laughs> The ability to go where I want to go, mm-hmm. when I wanted to go, you know, because funds wasn't there. Um, you know, majority of my life, no house phone. <laughs> <laughs> Just the typical norm. No car. The norm. That's pretty much it. So, if you could take me back to your childhood, mm-hmm. what was your dream as a child? Like, I ain't really have one. Tell you the truth, I didn't really have one. I didn't really have one. I mean, I don't know why, but I ain't have one. I can't say 
I can't recollect what I wanted to be as a child. Mm -mm. I just, I was a real child, just day to day, you know? So, as you got older, did you start having aspirations to become? Um, yeah. Well, yeah, of course, you know, it, after li you know, after living how I've been living for a long time, of course I wanted to be rich. Mm -hmm. I think that's everybody, you know, want unlimited money. You know, I used to have a, a you know, um, it used to be the cartoon used to come on called DuckTales. <laughs> yeah, I put it on for my son now. Uncle Scrooge. <laughs> yes. Swimming in that money. <laughs> like, I wanted to swim in some money. <laughs> I think I wanted to swim in it. I didn't, you know, it didn't dawn on me that he really couldn't swim in that gold like that. Because he'd, <laughs> if he'd have dove in that gold like that, he'd have killed himself, broke his neck. But it just seemed so realistic. But I get the, you know, the image of it. But, yeah, I just wanted to swim in money. So I wanted the baby to take care of myself pretty much. And, you know, those that I was responsible for, which... Hence, it's still, you know, it actually came true. I just won't swim in that money. But, you know, I was able to take care of people that was I was responsible for. So. so what was your first step for you to be able to do that? Like, what was the first step that you took in order for you to start getting to some money? Well, at the age of 14, it's actually documented in the Daily Press. I was I joined this program called the Renner Team, where old folks that couldn't take care of their own landscaping. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. I I had really I haven't forgot about it, but I had like pushed it back. Um, one of my homeboys, one of my brothers, um, from the hood, he had brought me the article, probably like a month ago, maybe a couple weeks ago, and showed me and gave me the article. I actually got it. It's crazy, but anyway. It was it was a program in Newport News called Runner Team where old folks were you know dis disabled folks and old folks would call this this hotline and get a teenager and come do their line work for them and pay us you know it was ooh. and I think about it, it won't no money <laughs> mm. so at that time was that your, did you know then that that was your passion mm -mm, mm -mm, not at all it really wasn't. It just was a, my passion was always what it was. It stems from the DuckTales cartoon. I wanted my own money. So, you know, um, that was the passion. And to get my own money by any means necessary, basically. So that's how it led into other things that I did, you know, later in life. But that was the first. That, between that and I was working for a big homie out of my neighborhood. He had a, um... A rooming house we helped renovate it mm -hmm. you know i was just carrying i ain't really do no carpentry work but i was just carrying loads outside and go to the dumpster and stuff like that but that was the beginning that was the beginning okay so explain to me how you went from this young man that is basically trying to do things the right way Mm -hmm. to make the money legit to a fella? Um, I'm not going to sound like a broken record or I'm not going to be the cookie 
the same cookie on the sheet of full of other cookies. I'm going to be a different cookie. Um, it wasn't peer pressure. I wasn't able to be peer pressured. I made my own decisions. I think it's just accessibility. That's what it was. You know, like me wanting something and the legit money wasn't there at the time or it wasn't maybe enough. So, you know, being that, you know, the streets were so plentiful, it was it was out there, it was fruitful. You know, at, at that time, you know, we didn't have, we didn't have, I didn't grow up in, oh, I actually did grow up in the neighborhood, but it wasn't territorial, mm-hmm. so to speak. Like, we didn't have like a, a, a boss, mm-hmm. you know, anybody can spring up and, you know, just hustle. With hustle or sell narcotics or whatever you want to call it. So, that right there, just the lack of money or a lack of legitimate money or no legitimate money at one point in time. It's just, it it, uh, it made me flirt with it at first and then I just, you know, got stuck with it. As the money started coming more? Mm, no. It wasn't as the money started coming more. It just was, you know, it was just like, uh, June, some shoes came out, or you know something I wanted, so I flirt with it, got the shoes, mm-hmm. then left it alone. Then here come August, mm-hmm. same situation, you know what I mean, and you know flirt with it, got that until you know like it rolled around, and it's here come, you know, oh, I might as well keep on doing. It. Ain't nobody keep, you know, what I mean, I ain't gonna hustle and work. You can call that for show money. Well, we call it hustling back then, but sell drugs and work. Work. Mm-hmm. You can call that for show money. Yeah. So if you can manage the two, you know, and that's what I did. I managed the two. So as you started basically making more money from it, mm-hmm. was your objective to just do it for a limited period of time? Mm, didn't have that plan. I'm not even going to hold you on that. Um... Maybe after a couple of cases. <laughs> Maybe after a couple of cases, catching a couple of cases. I caught my first case at 18, ironically. Mm-hmm. I jumped off the porch at like 17. To- like full-fledged. Jumped off the porch at like 17. And caught my first case at 18. And maybe... I can't even tell you. Hmm, that's foggy. That's real foggy. I'm trying to see when I caught another case. It might have been some years between my cases. But my first case was at 18. My next case was at 20 or something. But I know at one point in time, I, I had been doing it for a while. I, I did have the idea of, you know, it wasn't immediately. I did have the idea later in life and a couple of cases later saying that, you know, all I needed was this amount of money and a job paying me this amount of money and I was good mm-hmm. cuz you know that type of money in the hood was good so but when that money came <laughs> the job ain't come mm-hmm. I wasn't probably wasn't even interested in the job but when that money came it just like it said woof so then I said I could do this again woof mm-hmm. and do this again woof and kept doing it before I know it you know I was Six figures strong, so it's like, why am I going to work for somebody? I got six figures. Mm-hmm. Work for myself, so. So, take me back to when you became a felon. That was at eighteen. 
Okay. Yeah, I got my first felony when I caught the case at 18. I got my first felony then. So was your, at that point when you caught that case at 18 and became, your fe- became a felon, mm-hmm. did you then have a goal of Mm-mm. straightening up at all? Mm-mm. Not at all. So what's wrong, what, what got you to the point where you decided you wanted to straighten up? Hmm. I would say more so after my son was born. Um, you know, after my son was born, because then you know I wanted businesses. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I wanted businesses. I had. I used to talk to his mother. His mother was going to high school, so that was the plan. You know, she go to high school. I take the money, we get a shop. Done deal. That was, you know, I, I and and to be honest, I ain't get past that, cause that was the plan. So it was the focus. But you know, relationship trials and tribulations, you know, didn't, you know, keep us together. So that that was just out the window. But. So I ain't had no other plan, business plan outside of that because that was like my focus. Like that was enough for me. So, but it ain't go as as planned. As planned. So stuck in the streets here I am. But luckily, luckily I can say I caught enough cases before my son was old enough to know what I was doing. To say, you know what, I quit. I quit, and I actually, people, a lot of people think I quit when I did my bit, mm-hmm. but I had already quit before. before I did my bit, but it was just simultaneously. It was like I quit, caught my bit on something completely different. Well, mm-hmm. not different, you know, it's on the long lines of the street. I caught a gun charge, and I went, as a convicted felon, I went to the penitentiary off that, but I was I was already working. I was on as some would say, a nine to five. Mm-hmm. At that time, when I caught the bid, I wasn't even in the streets. So, um, I went to the penitentiary and I came home. So, you know, people always say, like, I just listen to people just because, you know, I don't want to be confrontational with them. You know, oh, you went to jail, you came home, got your life together. No, I was working on that. Working. I was already working before I left. I was working, won't in the streets, had a one bedroom apartment, you know. All that by myself, you know what I mean? Couple dollars, couple dollars in the stash, all that, you know. So, um, I was technically done before I left, mm-hmm. but you know, it just happened. It was just simultaneously, like so. People didn't know; they thought the penitentiary did it. They thought the penitentiary took it. Changed it, yeah, yes. but it really didn't. And I think that that's an issue for a lot of individuals. What you mean? They think that in order for them to make a huge change, they have to go through something instead of just taking it upon themselves to make that change that they want to. I mean, you can, the penitentiary didn't change me, but catching cases on cases and cases changed me. So it's still going through something. I mean, that's, that's 11 out of 10 people. You got to go through something before you really want to change for real because like what's gonna what's gonna push you you gotta go through something I don't care if it's positive or negative you know what I mean like I mean is that like I didn't start thinking about 
getting out of the streets into quote unquote something positive. I had, I had my son. Mm-hmm. I didn't think about when you know I didn't get out of the streets until what something negative. Happened. I kept catching cases. So that's eleven out of ten people. Something got to happen for you to change your direction. A wall got to come up. A obstacle got to appear for you to change directions. Like that's just. You know what I mean? It's like you can be walking straight. Something small as, you know, a tree mm-hmm. that that ain't nothing but this big. You walking straight. A tree that ain't nothing but this big. You still got to change directions a little bit. But this might be enough time for you going around this tree might be enough time for you to think, hey, I'm going to stop going that way. I'm going to go this way. It, You know, f- different strokes for different folks. You know, some people might just hang around a tree and keep going straight. So I might get right here and think. Like I just say, hey, I might try this way instead of this. I've been traveling this way for so long. Man, that this tree done got in the way. It might be a sign. I'm going to pay attention to it. So I'm going to go this way. You know, it's just all in the person. And what you get out of things that presents itself in front of you. So, you know what I mean? Like, we just don't take heed to a lot of stuff. Yeah. So that's all that is. But, yeah, it, 11 out of 10 people are like that. They don't change direction. I mean, you think about it. Think about an average person. That, since we're talking about, you know, street people and civilians, because mm-hmm. we street people, we call ourselves soldiers. Well, we used to, anyway. But um, you think about people that's 9 to 5, like, they stay on the same track. They work, 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 work. Something drastic had to change for most of them, for them to jump out there and take a leap of faith. Yeah. You, you see what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. They got to, they got to either been working for somebody for 40,000, 40 years <laughs> before, and then the boss just disrespect them like they've been working for four days. And then they like, fuck, you know, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to, ooh, and then they jump out there on their own and be successful at their own business. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, yeah, it's just it's just like that. It's just in us. We it's just the brink of extinction makes us change directions on what we're doing in life, basically. You know what I mean? So because if we don't think it's broke, we're not gonna fix it. You're right. You're right. So it got to be in in they got to have a fear of it being broke or in broken in, in order to step out. So, my next question is, when you were a felon, how hard was it for you? When I mean, I know you were already working a nine-to-five, but was it ever a time where you wanted to get that job at the desk mm-hmm. and they turned you down? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I, I want a desk secret. I want a desk secret. See, <laughs> me... Mm-hmm. Me, just personally, I knew my <laughs> limitations. Like, I wasn't going, I ain't had no credentials to be working at no desk. I'm mm-hmm. not going to fill out no desk job. Uh, you know, I ain't had no credentials to be putting on no suit. Now, I ain't had that. I ain't had them credentials. So I can't just say, yeah, I'm going to do that where they would shoot. So every job I probably was filling out for was labor jobs. Mm-hmm. You know, you might have ran into one or two that you was a felon and you they couldn't hire you, they wouldn't hire you. But the funniest thing I ran into as a felon, now I never forget it. I'm telling I like it's the universe truth <laughs> that was I got turned down for life insurance because of my record. What? 
that was the funniest and the most vivid memory I have to this day about being a felon. Other than that, you know, mm, I don't think it was too many jobs. Maybe but like one or two. I actually, my um, homegirl, she tried to get me a job one time. <laughs> and she was working. She tried to get me a job as a maintenance man. And she was working for this. She still worked for him to this day. <laughs> she was working for uh, working for this uh, managing, well, whatever kind of company. This is this big company that manages a lot of properties and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But anyway, she, you know, she got a little plug, you know, so she trying to talk to her. And she said, her supervisor came out and said, I know he might be a nice guy, but I just can't push it. You know, my record came out. My <laughs> rap sheet came out this long. Uh-huh. Like, I, she said, and she said, BJ, I didn't know that. <laughs> like, because she know me, but she ain't know. It ain't like I was telling her every case I caught. Yeah. Because you know, a lot of cases I caught, I didn't do no time for. I just, you know, got time served or put me on probation or X, Y, Z, but they still on my record, so. But yeah, but the most vivid memory I'll never forget. I get it. I'm telling you, I'll say that on my deathbed. I got shot down for life insurance for my wow. record, and that was crazy. But other than that, no. Maybe because I ain't try. Mm-hmm. Not saying the one out there. All those that went through it, and, and not saying it's not. You know, it's, it don't exist because it does. Mm-hmm. A lot of people did go through it, but I I didn't personally, so I can't. No, I, mean, I can't. So you restored your right. Mm-hmm. Explain to me the process of restoring your rights. How hard was it? Hey. Like how much did it take? It was a shot in the dock. It was a half court shot. It was a behind the head, no look shot. I mean, it was all that. It was a shot in the dock. I mean, it ain't it ain't take that much for me, um, to be honest. Maybe what I pay couple hundred no more than a thousand dollars I paid you know for the lawyer I had got my voting rights back mm-hmm. I when McCullough yeah the governor McCullough yeah I think that's how you say his name he restored voting rights back so like I took I took a shot in the dock when if you don't get a lawyer to do it the process is to uh, petition the court petition the court and what you do is you send in a letter, tell them you want your rights back. The Commonwealth will shoot you down. Once If they shoot you down, or they'll let it, or they'll shoot you down. More than likely, they're going to shoot you down. Then you go to court. Well, then you go to court, then you have to explain to the judge why you want, you know, your rights. Commonwealth definitely going to, that's their job, to punish you mm-hmm. all over again. <laughs> it's crazy, right? Like, punish you all over again. I mean, they got the... You know. Now, imagine now, imagine that. No, this is this is how the system works now. The system works is you're supposed to be... They, they lock you up to rehabilitate you, mm-hmm. quote, unquote. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And technically, you paid your debt to society. Mm-hmm. But when you come... After you paid your debt to society and you try to... Mm-hmm. Reassert yourself back in the community... Back as a law-abiding citizen, they try to prevent you from fully doing it. But you know she got the foot on the man neck. That's crazy. So, but anyway, it's crazy, and I realized that when I went because that Commonwealth attorney, mm-hmm. even though he lost, 
he made me feel like I was on trial for everything I had already was went on trial for, got found guilty, got found not guilty, did time for it and everything all over again. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. But that's <laughs> ward up under the bridge and the, took the judge. He del- thought about it for about two weeks, ended up getting my rights restored. Now I'm a firearm current ex-felon. <laughs> so... Other people, it's, a different, it's different strokes for different folks. Just like it is getting in, getting out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you got some people that, you know, get into the system a different way than other people got. You got some people that escape the system. It's, the system is all the rolling dice. That judicial system is crazy. I know people that got more time for 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 uh, habitual fender driving without license than somebody that actually... Stole something, or maybe harm somebody, or maybe threaten somebody, or maybe, you know what I mean. When I say harm, I'm talking about rape, any of that, assault, mm-hmm. all that. Like, you know, I know people with more time as a habitual offender than that person, so it's all a roll of a dice. But, and it's the same way getting out. Like, it was easy for me to get mad, but I know people that got theirs turned down that had lesser crimes than me. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's just, hey, it's up to them. How long did you have to wait? Afterwards, like I didn't um, even know it was a time period. Like I said, it was a shot in the dock. I didn't even know it was a time period. I just know I caught my case. I did my time. I caught my case. I caught my case. I did my time, and I didn't know it was a time period. Didn't I know? Didn't I know it existed? I just knew you couldn't been on. You couldn't have been on probation or mm-hmm. anything. That's all I did know, and I wasn't so. I just, like I said, was just shot in the dark. I didn't know it was a, if it's a 10-year, 5-year, 20-year, 30-year, 40-year. I ain't know none of that. I just shot. Because the money I spent mm-hmm. I'm, at that time of my life, I was like, hey, I'll spend this much money in the mall. Why not try to, you know, gamble with this, roll the dice and gamble with this? Mm-hmm. And that's what happened. You know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't have been mad if I, you know, even though the people that I coached, I coached a lot of people to go get theirs after mm-hmm. me coached a whole lot of people and I told them exactly what I thought I was like hey man you spend that type money in the mall or you'll gamble that like I said even if you don't because right now at this point you ain't spent not one dime and you don't know why you can't get your rights restored outside of your past yes. that's really some of them it's really past past like they've been it's been 10 years since they've been in trouble it's been 15 years you know what I'm saying so if you still lose you know exactly why you can't get it. So now all you got to do is work on that. So now that money you spent paid for that information that you don't have right now. So if you lost, you just pay for to obtain some information. We all are pay for good information, especially if we can prosper from that information. So if somebody tell you, like, hypothetically, Ashley, you can have, you know, a million dollars if you just take that mask off. You will pay a thousand dollars to know that mm-hmm. but if you didn't if you didn't you you would be sitting there still thinking like how can i get a million dollars still wondering yourself but now here you go paying somebody to tell you just take that mask off and you get a million dollars you'd be like damn that's all yeah and there you go and that's how it is like i told him like just pay the lawyer or pay the courts find out what's really stop speculating mm-hmm. stop you know i'm assuming Oh, I can't get it. I can't get it. And quite a few of my friends got their rights because I pushed them. Mm-hmm. Like I was the mecca. I was like the the guinea pig. When they said, "Oh, he got his," let me go. A couple of people got shot down. 
I ain't gonna hold you. A couple people got shot down too, but majority of them got theirs, and I was the first one out of them. So, so if you could look back on some of the things that you went through from before when you got your rights restored. If you could change at least two things, what do you think that you probably would have? Nothing? Mm-mm. Um, pretty much. Only thing, if, I'm going to say nothing, but if I had to pick something, only thing I would have changed was I'd have tucked away more money. I mean, really tucked it away. Like, and had some restraint on not by any means necessary not touching it. If I had to, if I can go back to the younger me, mm-hmm. the younger me, I'm just being honest. Um, and, you know, I ain't, this ain't for nobody. I'm just being honest. If I can go back to the younger me at any time, I will go and tuck away some money. And I'll let everything else play out like. You know, the younger me far as, like, we talking about not the adult younger me. I'm yeah. talking about, you know, like, we talking about 20 years from now me. Yes. Yeah, yeah, 20 years now from me, I would go tuck away some money. That's probably, you know, the only thing I would do. Now, we we, we want to come, you know, a little bit closer to now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, yeah, it's a couple things I changed, yeah. But childhood, early adulthood just tuck away more money if I had to pick one. So, can you explain to me how you became an entrepreneur? What what pushed you to start? Mm. Legitimizing it, turning it into a full business? I mean, it's just numbers. Numbers. Numbers and I mean, that's all it is. Numbers. I mean, because to me, to me, everybody is an entrepreneur. It's just that we just lost the drive. A lot of us lost the drive. A lot of us lost the, you know, I mean, I don't even think you lost it. it just, you just don't want it. You know what I mean? You don't want it bad enough. You don't want it bad enough. It's kind of like when I start being, because I'm a vegan, it's like when I start being a vegan, it's like the people, we so accustomed to a certain type of way, certain things. You know, like, you don't want to do that. You can't see the forest for the trees. Mm -hmm. That's how they say it. You know what I mean? You can't see it. So, it's like, man, you crazy. I'm not doing like people, and I'm talking about being a vegan. I ain't doing that. I said, but all it takes for a doctor Mm -hmm. with a white coat, certified doctor, Get over top of you. You can't move. You can't move your body for maybe about ten minutes. You just stuck. Mm-hmm. And the doctor say, "Hey, if you keep eating that meat, you are gonna be stuck like this, or you gonna be gone away from here." And instantly you'll change. Mm-hmm. Instantly, instantly you'll change. And I think people, people, life, like that. Like if it was a person that held the title. That can come and tell every working person or either show them, maybe a magician or, I don't know, a fortune teller or something. Come and show every hard working person that punches a clock mm-hmm. and show them, like, if you keep working like this and keep this mindset, 
and you going your kids, their kids, and 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 their kids, gonna just be workers all their life. Y'all all gonna be struggling, generation after generation. And if you can honestly see that, and still go punch the clock the next morning, then you a bad person. So, I mean, once. You know, once you know, I'm 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 I was always I had always had a boss mentality, but I'm a worker too, so I'm a, you know, what I mean, I'm worker boss or whatever you want to call it. Like I want my own, and and then once I start, you know, waking up basically, and learning about generational wealth and what I want for my kids and, you know, my kids' kids, then that just, you know, upgraded my go. You know what I mean, so to speak, like what I wanted to do, how I wanted to do, how I wanted to position myself, and like, like I stopped thinking like the average person in the hood, like, cause like, and don't get me wrong, no pun intended, like a lot of us parents, a lot of the parents, raise their kids so their kids can one day take care of them, mm-hmm. have to take care of them, mm-hmm. not take care of them, but have to take care of them. Without thinking, hey, is that going to ruin the child's life later? It's just, oh, no, I took care of you, so now you got to take care of me. Me, on the other hand, I don't, nah, I don't want because I didn't, I don't want that. Like, I went through that with my mom. Like, I got my first job. Now, all of a sudden, bills can't be paid. But they was getting paid before I had a job. But now I got a job. They can't get paid. You want my money. No, I ain't finna put that on my child. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So, nah. And then we use the excuse of, who teaching them responsibility? Mm-hmm. No. Teaching responsibility without taking from them. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and it, 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 it's, it's other ways to teach kids responsibility without. You, technically, you're supposed to be teaching responsibility from when they was playing with toys. Yes. <laughs> the, you learn responsibility when you're playing with toys. <laughs> yes. If you teach them instead of just handing it to them, tell them go over there and play with it. Mm-hmm. No, don't turn that up because you ain't gonna get another one. Exactly. That's teaching them responsibility. You turn. Oh, you broke it. Hey, mm-hmm. that's what it is. Next one ain't coming for another two years. Mm-hmm. When you get that one, you gonna hold on a little tighter to it. <laughs> it's true though. So you know, th- but that's us though. That's us. We just teaching them kids responsibility. Which we not, we taking cold of it. And I keep saying we because I'm part of the community, but I'm just not part of that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we taking advantage of the kids so we can seek more ourselves. Because ain't nobody, ain't no, ain't, ain't too many parents that kids is helping them pay the bills. That the parent was already paying the bills before the kid got a job, tucking away that extra money that the kid giving them. They spending it on yes, themselves. That's extra money for them. For them. They spending it on themselves. And that's the sad part about it. Like, at least you're going to do that. Tuck the money away for their future. Because, mm-hmm. you know, if they anything like you, they got they going to fall short in their life. Just like you did. So, that's pretty much. I just know what I wanted for mine. And I'll be the sacrificial one and work hard. So they don't have to. So tell me about how you and Ray Ray started craving characters. What where did this come about? 
what was the mission behind it? Well, actually, Ray Ray was too young at the time. Um, so I started it, um, Craving Characters, and it was a, you know, it was my, my sister, she's craving cupcakes. Mm-hmm. It was a conversation me and her had. And she just told me, you can do it, and I did it. So I played with it for like a year, maybe two. And when I mean playing with it, I just created it and ain't push it. And she set it on the shelf and looked at it and made myself feel good, like typical people from around our way and from where we come up from. Oh, I got a business. I got a business. Ain't doing nothing but the business. Business ain't making no money. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, I got a business. I got a business. You know, just, ah, ah. Like, I, I deal with this. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, I, we all do it. Don't feel ashamed. You know, just learn from it. Learn mm-hmm. from it. Learn. I'm, it. Listen, one thing about a joke is it's a part that got to be true. And yes. you laughed at it. So, now you laughed at it because you, oh, shit, I did that shit. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you just, oh, I got a business, girl. <laughs> Who you think you're talking to? I'm a business owner. Business ain't doing nothing. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Business ain't bringing in one cone. Yeah, you got a business, but yeah, you got a business name. You got yes. a business. You got a business name. That's what she got. So I, I had it, and you know, I ain't really do nothing with it. So, um, um, what? I just, I don't know. Just a fire was lit up under me, was lit, and I just said, I'm next year. I'm gonna push it. I'm gonna push mm-hmm. it. By this time, um, my son, he's tall enough to get in the costumes. He old enough to he big enough to let me help me roll up the bounce houses X Y Z, and we just went from there. And the rest history. The rest history. So, yeah. Yep. If you had if you had to put it out there, how having your having Ray Ray changed you? What would you say? I mean, what what can I say outside of it changed me? Like I got a mouth to feed. I got a I got somebody responsible. I mean, I'm responsible for, like, I mean, what can I, what, what can I, I mean, I, I think a child should change everybody, you know what I mean? Especially a child that, a child, I mean, especially somebody that was a child that lacked. A which lot. Which you about to make your child lack if you don't change. Exactly. You know, you got to be a selfish individual to, you have to be a selfish individual to go through something as a child yourself and then put your child through the same thing that's really you got to be a selfish person like you have no good in you mm-hmm. I mean I said something similar to I said something to that to that notion years ago I said if y'all ran out of and this is just I just picked toilet paper mm-hmm. but I, it could be anything don't just focus on toilet paper if y'all ran out of toilet paper in your house as a kid mm-hmm. You know, and you running out of toilet paper in your house as an adult. Your kids running out of toilet paper. Mm-hmm. You ain't learned nothing. Mm-mm. You didn't learn anything. You wasn't paying attention. You see what I'm saying? You wasn't paying attention. So, say that to say this. I mean, that's just like, like I said, that's going back to being selfish to mm-hmm. me. Like, it's no way unless the circumstances just. I. I <clears throat> Some people's circumstances is like that. It's unfortunate, but I believe everybody had a point in their life where they could have changed their situation. Yeah. You know, probably several times they could have changed the situation. They just chose not to. They chose to go the other way. 
So what you in then is kinda, well not kinda, is your fault. Mm-hmm. You know, so like I said, you ain't pay attention to the small trees mm-hmm. and change your directions. You just went around it real quick and got back on the same path. Mm-hmm. So that's true. That's that basically so what it is. Especially like in our era, it seems like the saying, when I grow up, I want to be like my mom is really what people tend to do. I never heard that. Well, when I was growing up, we used to say that a lot. Well, you like a generation and a half behind me, so. (laughs) Yeah. But I, I, I never heard that. I never heard that. Like, I never heard that. So let me ask you this. When y'all were growing up, did y'all ever say y'all wanted to be like, um, the neighborhood big money person? Like, when I grow up, I want to be like you. Mmm, I can't say, I can't say I ever heard that. But don't get me wrong, we admire the, the, the money. Mm-hmm. We admired it. We admired. I mean, w- I'm gonna say we admired the person slash the money. Some of us admired the person. Mm-hmm. Probably wanted to be the person secretly. I don't know. I don't know. I never heard nobody say, "Oh, I wanted to be this person. I wanted to be Ashley. I wanted to be." You know, what I mean, I I, I ain't never heard. That. I don't, I can't recollect about hearing that. But you know, like me myself, I'm gonna tell you this. Me my speaking for myself, I it was a couple people in the hood getting money. And I wanted to get money like that. Mm-hmm. I wanted the money, not the what came with the money. Like I wanted the money. You see what I'm saying? Like I wanted the money. Like so, I can't say I actually, you know, like you had the money. I actually had the money. I wanted the Ashley money, but I didn't want to be Ashley. Ashley. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So, and that's me personally. You know. So tell me about King Ray Ray. Uh, best thing ever happened to me. Best thing ever happened to me. I would say best thing ever happened to me. Possibly saved me. Saved me. Mm-hmm. Pop, helped make me. Um. Yeah, I mean, good kid. For the most part, when I say for the most part, because who kid is actually. Good, all capital letters, <laughs> like, but you know, good kid, you know, very respectful, and can be very disrespectful. I mean, that's you know, that's characteristics of his parents. So, <laughs> you know, but um, characteristics of all kids, so to speak, today they can't, you know, they can be both. But yeah, I mean, pretty much sum it up. Mm-hmm. So, this is like a hard question. Ain't no question hard. Losing Ray Ray, mm-hmm. how did you keep yourself together? Like, how did you stop yourself from taking two steps back? Because I know me, with me having a son, I can't, I, I wouldn't want to imagine losing him, but. Mm. You know. You say taking two steps back. (laughs) Because who's to say them steps ain't gonna be taken back? But I mean, no, I'm just playing. Um, I I can't really tell you. I mean, I I can't tell you. I can't tell. People ask me all that time. You know, how you doing? I don't know. I don't know how I'm doing. 
I mean, and, you know, after a while, you know, after I try to p pick at it, poke at it, you know, kind of make it funny, kind of make it like me, kind of not dwelling in the feeling because talking about it, not saying I want to forget it, mm -hmm. but talking about it weighs on me a lot. So I don't like to talk about it too long. I just want to just be normal. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Act like he's not gone, so to speak. So when people, you know, how you do, how you, how you do it? I don't know. I then then start then I don't know turned into I don't know how I did it because if I did I bottle it up and sell it you know because people know me as an entrepreneur so it kind of played into my character you know and I'm like I don't know if I did know I bottle it up I package it up and sell it because obviously a whole lot of people need it whatever I got or whatever you know whatever it is that's like you said keeping me from going two steps backwards a lot of people need it. So, but I can't tell them what it is. I can't tell them. I'm just grateful, thankful, and appreciative that I didn't have any quote-unquote bad slash negative habits when it did take place. Because I know I will be, you know, my habits is what I'm doing to, to this day. Just working. That's my habits. Working. Working. So... You know, like, if my habits was drinking, just imagine that you know me, well, you know of me, and you know me a little bit, and you see me. So just imagine, instead of my habits being working, being drinking, or using drugs, who do you think I'd be at today? In the hospital, probably with alcohol poison. If, if alive. Mm -hmm. If I took drugs or drunk as much as I work to this day, where you think I would be. Yeah. Exactly. So that's why I'm kind of grateful and appreciative and thankful for, you know, when it did take place, my only habits was to work. You know what I mean? Because that's what I diverted back to, like what I continue to do. And it helps me kind of cope with it for the most part. Somewhat. You know what I mean? So, but outside of that, I can't say what it is. I can't even say if um, I actually dealt with it. I can't say that. I can't honestly say it. Because any given time, I might break down. Any given time, you know what I mean? It's like, even like my mom passed four years prior to him. I mean, post him. Well, prior to him, I said it right first. Prior to him. So, I didn't really deal with her, even though I know she, hers was coming. It was pre-existing. Like hers eventually was gonna come if she didn't, even if she didn't get a kidney, a kidney or a liver, or a liver. You know, it was coming. It was coming. I had already kind of prepared myself for it. So when it actually happened, my response to it was delayed. Like, cause I already knew it was happening. It was really delayed, and she was gone maybe a couple months before I had that uncontrollable cry like that can't hide it, I don't care who you trying to hide it from, <laughs> you know, at this time I was in the house, it was nighttime, I couldn't sleep, you know, I was sleeping, you know, it was just weighed on me, it was just so heavy, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't bear, I dropped the ball, the weight was too much, I dropped it, oh, and let it all, well, let, let it out, maybe let it all out, but, yeah, so, who's to say, you know, like, 
my son ain't gonna be like that. Like I, I have had some weak moments. Ain't no question. A whole lot of them. Frequent. Frequent. So I just ain't had that moment that everybody expected me to have, or you know. Yet, hopefully, I never have it because it ain't gonna be good. You know, just all your prayers. People pray, pray for that. It ain't gonna be good. I know it ain't gonna. Be, I'm, it's on record. It might sound premeditated, but <laughs> it ain't gonna be good. I don't know who it ain't gonna be good for. Definitely ain't gonna never be good for me. At the end of the day, it ain't gonna be good for me. Either way, hopefully, if it ain't gonna be good, it's just me that it ain't gonna be good for. I can deal with that. What is one thing that you feel that every parent should instill in their child to prepare them for today's society? Especially mm, one thing. Yes. Mm, I can't say one thing. I say two things, two. And it's just, you know, it's just, to me, it's just patience and understanding. I think if you have them two things, patience and understanding, you know, maybe three things. Patience, understanding, and a lot of common sense. You can survive in this world. Like, you really can survive in this world. Patience to deal with the good and the bad understanding to understand the good and the bad common sense to navigate your way through it to be able to go around that tree common sense to be able to go around that tree or when you go around it maybe go the other way instead of go around a tree and go straight but yeah so I, well, it's just more than one thing to me like you know, it's just like I don't think it's one. I don't think it's one meal. It's just one. It's one ingredient. You know what I mean? To get through this life, you know, it's got to be a meal. It's a meal of things. <laughs> it's a meal of things. So there's a lot to it. But yeah, I couldn't just say one thing. But yeah, inst definitely instill understanding, patience, and common sense in your kids. Smart. What drives you now, BJ? Like, what pushes you and motivates you to keep going in this very community? And I know you might not feel like you impact the community the way you do, but you really do. I think it's a mixture of just continuing to be me. And, like, t t that's why, I, like, when people say that stuff, it's like, huh? I'm who? I'm what in the community? Nah. Cause I'm just being me, you know. It's a difference if I was out there trying. You know what I mean? Like I was really waking up. <laughs> People looking at me. <laughs> no, I'm talking about like I don't. Uh -uh. I don't do it. I just be me. I'm me. Now, and if being me is being that, it's being who y'all call me. Then hey, oh well, I'm still hey. I'm not even gonna. You know what I mean? I, quote unquote, I've been getting. I've been having people long before today. I've been having people telling me that I inspired them, and it's this years ago. So, I mean, ain't it ain't sunk in yet that I'm gonna get big headed about it. I'm still me. You know what I mean? I'm still me. So, mm, like I said, like mm, it's just being me. That times. 
you know, with that plus, I feel like if I stop, it's going to be bad. It's going to be bad for me. Like, if I stop being me, it's going to be bad for me. Like, I can't be nobody else. I can't, you know what I mean? This is me. This is me. Hardworking, funny, uh, sometimes arrogant or cocky, whatever you, you know. That's me. That's me, you know. And, you know, probably a couple more things, but that's me. And if I don't be me, then it's going to be bad because who am I? Then I'm probably running around here trying to be that person or that person or that person or that person. And who knows how that'll turn out. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't think it's me running around being a positive person. I don't think it's me running around being an inspirational person. I don't see that. I see it's me being me. Like, I don't ever get up and say, oh, I got to say this on Facebook or uh, I got to show this on Facebook or I got to let people see me do this or I got to let people see me do that. I, I, that ain't me. You know what I mean? That ain't me. I just get up and I just do me. You know what I mean? I can, I'm telling you, I can, I'm just me. I can be a person that, you know, I give somebody the shirt off my back right here. And you know, cause they ain't got one, and then go ten street, go ten steps down the hallway, and somebody didn't piss me off, and I done took their shirt off their back. You know what I mean? That's just me. It ain't me being nobody. I won't be in BJ right here, man. I'm trying to be Fifty Cent over there, or you know what I mean, a gorilla over there. No, it's just all aspects of me. You know, that person pissed me off. I'm get to them. Type of thing. So, oh, that's just being me. So, do you think that you could ever step out and maybe give somebody some words or something to somebody that might be going through the same thing that you're going through? If you had an opportunity, what you mean, far as going through what? Far as losing? Uh, uh-uh, I can't tell them. You know why? Cause I'm too stuck in my way. Like um, it, with that aspect, if and I'm gonna just give it to you, it, make you understand where I'm coming from. If somebody said, "BJ, we gonna give you a million dollars if you come talk to parents that lost kids and show them how to deal with it like you deal with it," don't get me wrong, I'll attempt it because I want that bag. <laughs> But in my mind, attempting that is just me chasing that bag. It ain't got nothing to do with me trying to change these people. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, can't nobody tell me nothing. And if they anything like me, that's all I would say. And I'd be like, give me the bag. Go or cause but knowing that knowing that I will, you know, the agreement that I make to the person that gonna give me this bag for doing that, I'm be like, listen, there's stipulations in this contract for me to go talk to these people because it is is a certain amount of people that I need to put on the right path. Cause 
Because that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to figure out a way to finesse and go get this bag. Well, really be me and go get this bag. Because I'm going to go there and I'm going to be like, I'm going to speak my truth. And if it's 100 people in that crowd that feels just like I feel, they're going to get up and clap off the few words that I said. You see what I'm saying? I ain't going to say nothing but a few words that, you know, can't nobody tell me how to feel. I just, my cousin just put something like similar on the, on the Facebook because she just lost her husband. And, you know, she said something about, um, don't tell me how to feel about something you ain't been through or something like that. And I put up there, uh, don't tell me how to feel about something that even if you did go through what I went through. Because, man, you're two different people. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't care if you did lose a child. You still can't tell me. You don't feel like I feel. You and your child might not have been as close as me and my child. You know what I'm talking about? Like, mm-hmm. you can't tell me. Just just, it, it, just hug me. Give me a hug. Boom, boom. Keep it moving. Or just treat me normal. More likely today, just treat me normal. Me. That's what I will stand outside me and do. If You know what I mean? If I was... Knowing me, and I can stand outside me, I would just do that. Treat me normal. Because it can't nothing you say. Can't nothing you say ease that pain. Unless you know a, a witch doctor that can upright my child. You know what I'm saying? Can upright him. He, other than that, I don't even want to hear it. You know? All the learned behavior is, it, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thank you. But at the end of the day, you could have said something else to me. <laughs> you really could have. I'm not looking for, I'm not looking for that. I mean, all the condolences and all that stuff, like, I'm not looking for it. I mean, I don't expect it. You know what I mean? Because it's too, too scripted. It's too scripted, so. But yeah, that's so I couldn't say that to say this. I probably couldn't if it if it if my speech had to be more into detail, I couldn't get that bag. I couldn't. Couldn't. Actually it's it crazy because a cousin of mine's, her friend lost her child. Maybe hmm, a couple months after my child. Four, five months after my child. But my cousin called me. It's her best friend. My cousin called me because she didn't know what to say to her. So she wanted me to talk to her. And I told her the same thing that I'm saying today. I said, cuz, I don't know. If she anything like me, just leave her be. Treat her normal. Whatever y'all been doing, continue to do it. The only thing I would tell, I would, I'm gonna talk to you. I don't want to talk to her, cause if she anything like me, I ain't can't, I can't say nothing to her. So I'm gonna talk to you, not her. And that's what I'm gonna tell you to do: treat her normal. Treat her normal. You see what I'm saying? Take her out. Let's go to the club. If she not, if she not, she not up for it. You already know why. Give her her space. You know what I mean? If you catch her crying, give her a hug. Embrace her. Let her know you there for her. You know, that's it. If she want to open up. Don't say nothing, though. Just be there. She, If she anything like me, she's going to open up. You see what I'm saying? She's going to do it. You know what I mean? 
she's going to heal herself or try to heal herself or try to deal with herself. Ain't nothing nobody can tell. Nothing nobody can tell me. Nothing. Nothing. I don't care who you is. Unless you can tell, unless what you're going to say out your mouth is, hey, I know something that can upright you. Boy. Other than that, falling on deaf ears. But I'm going to respond because I already know what you're saying. <laughs> I already know what you're saying because I didn't heard it. I'm just going to look at you and say thank you. Appreciate it. You can say, hey, just so I'm just so dull to my ears, you know what I mean? Like, it don't even reach my ears. You can be like, if I see it in your face, if I if your face saying, sorry for your child, if your face saying that, but your words saying, you're a punk, I'm going to just say, or you saying something, let's go to the store, or, or something like that. But I see it in your face that you really say, I'm sorry for your child, I'm going to say, thank you, appreciate it. But you ain't even say that. But I just see it in your face. That's how you know it was to me with people. But no, nobody. I couldn't. I couldn't do it. I couldn't talk to nobody. I just talked to people. Get me. Let me talk to the people that's around them. I talk to the people that's around them now. They are day ones. I talk to them. I can talk to them now. I can't talk to the people. Or if I could, hey, that's just because they want somebody. You got to want somebody to talk to you or talk to you like. Know what I mean? You gotta want that, and if you want that, I don't think. To me personally, I don't think you're into it. I don't think it's really that bad. I don't know. I don't know. I could be wrong, but I don't think it's that bad. Because talking about it is just—it makes it worse for me. It probably makes it worse for a lot of people. A lot of people. But yeah, that's what I couldn't talk to. Them. So I see that you have started a new business. FES okay. trucking, FES trucking and hauling, no trucking, hauling and moving, should I say? <laughs> but yeah, FES is my son' little nickname. He had it's forever spazzing. Um, just added that to the conglomerate, you know. He ain't off the ground yet. I'm looking for a drive. I don't know when it's coming out, but whenever it come out, if I ain't got a drive by now, please, if you got your class ACDL driver's license, come holler at me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so at, at this current time, I have Craven Characters. Mm -hmm. We we rent inflatables, um, bubble balls, tables, chairs, generators. We currently still written characters, but we're about to do away with that. Um, I have Fresh Cuts, Lawn Care. We pretty much do it all. Just get with us. And FES, trucking and, ha truck and hauling. And so, BJ, what's next? Mm. Tell you the truth, I ain't got there yet. If I did, I don't, I can't tell you yet. Until I don't like telling, I can't tell you. Something next. There's something coming. Something definitely coming. I got to keep it moving. Something definitely coming. Something definitely coming. What's next? I can't tell you. You might try to do it before me. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm <in> mine. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of your listeners might try to do it before me. Yeah. That's it. That's it for the day. Hey. <laughs> I thank you for coming on Hood Floor. Shine I appreciate along. you for having me. Have me some water next time. <laughs> some, some apples or some watermelon with seeds in it. And I also appreciate, like, the person that you've been to me 
as well as a lot of people in the community even though you don't see it you have inspired me especially a lot just with your little conversations inside DTLR definitely definitely I mean cause I'm for up, I'm for bringing people up like I like I want to see I don't want to be I don't want to be I never inspired well I can't say never inspired yes I can I can I never inspired having more than you unless you just ain't want it you see what I'm saying yeah but my I don't I don't inspire to get up and be like man I'm gonna be better than Ashley man I'm gonna have way more money than her or I'm gonna have way more better cars, better shoes. No, that ain't me. You know what I mean? I, I, of course, I want to get mass first, mm-hmm. and then you know, I, want, I definitely, definitely want to get mass first. But then I help you get yours, and we can be equals. You see what I'm saying? We can be equals. I want people to be equal, like we all be equal. So say that to say this, like that just never been me. But I'm definitely not gonna let you come and take off my plate, though. And drag me back down. No, no. Bang, 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 bang. <laughs> Shots fired. Man down. Mm-mm. And trying to help you get to the level I'm at, I'm not going to let that bring me down. So, it, I mean, you know, I mean, people say I do this a lot. Like, I, you know, I bless somebody. Then I, that's they call it. I bless somebody. Then I take the blessing. Like you said, thank you for all the conversation. I was good to say, you know, don't feel special. I do it to everybody. <laughs> you know what I mean? People say I do that a lot. But I, I mean, just me being honest. Me being me. Mm-hmm. Don't feel special. I do it for everybody. You know what I mean? I do it for everybody. I do it for everybody. Because I want everybody. I mean, you can look at it like, hey, but it's just our trainer thought I understand. I remember like first time I ever told somebody, one of my friends, what I help what I help people for, a lot of people, especially the ones that is close to me. You know, why I help them so much far as like maybe promoting their situations and XYZ. I was like, you know, I just like mainly cuz of me. I'm the reason. Cuz I'm, I'm helping you is protecting me and I'm explain and I'm elaborate on that like if I help you get money, then you ain't, can't come and ask me for none of mine. Mm-hmm. You know, first thing they say, like, hey, man, you selfish. You ain't going to get them. No, it ain't that I'm selfish. I mean, you. if I help you get money, then you can't come give mine. And I don't want you to come get mine because if you have to come get I know I'm going to give it to you. So then that's taken away from me. So before I let it get there, I'm going to help you get money and continue to get money. You see what I'm saying? What's wrong with that? Like, if I help you continue to get money so you won't have to come ask me for nothing, you should be all for it. Yeah, because... But that in the eyes of a lazy person, ah, oh, you just don't want to give me nothing. No, I don't want... I don't think don't nobody want to give you something. I would like it that way anyway. I don't Man. have to pay you nothing for helping me get nothing. Hey, you ain't got to pay me nothing. Just stay on top. Hey, I might come get something from you. You know what I'm talking about? So. Mm-hmm. Thank you for tuning into Hood Flourish. For any questions or ideas pertaining to this podcast, please visit the website at www.hoodflourish.com and send us a message. Also, please follow and subscribe to us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Last but not least, always remember, today's downfall doesn't determine tomorrow's success unless you allow it. Thank you.